0: This week in our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we take a look at BlackBerry Limited, symbol BB on the TSX. The former undisputed heavyweight of the smartphone market is continuing its transformation into a business security and information integration services company. The stock surged over 50% at one point today on its deal with Amazon's AWS. Is it hype or justifiable? We'll let you know. Our dog of the week is Sona Nanotech. Inc., symbol S O N A on the CSE, a life sciences company with a goal of developing and producing its own lateral flow rapid COVID 19 antigen tests. The stock, a market darling earlier this year, is down over 92% from its highs and 62% this week alone. We reviewed it earlier this year in the $2 to $2.50 range with zero sales and only a small chance of actually selling its test kits in a rather tight time frame. We saw no serious investment merit long term in the stock. With Sona cut in half, we take a look at the business once again. Our star of the week is Sierra Wireless, symbol SW on the TSX, an embattled Canadian-based technology company, which has rebranded itself as an IoT or Internet of Things service provider. The stock, which has had a rough ride over the past three years after peaking in the summer of 2017 in the $40 range, was up 32% this week. We investigate what is driving the uptick. Now, let's get to our show. I'd like to welcome my co-host, Brennan and Aaron. How are you two doing? I'm
1: doing well.
2: Doing well, Ryan. How are you?
0: Very well. There is exciting news, I can say, for the podcast this week. It is the first podcast that Aaron will be in his new chair. So no ridiculous <laughs> squeaking. Aaron?
2: That is true, yes. This is, I I, got, I bought a brand new chair, Eric. chair. Very exciting. Chair, um, and this is the first time. Normally, I would have to take the chair out of my office when I do the podcast and replace it with just the kitchen chair because it's just, it's so squeaky, but now I don't have to do that. So it's, uh, no, no squeaking and you're,
0: you're, you're down comfortable. You sound in a better mood. Could it just be the chair?
2: No, no. I'm usually in a pretty bad mood. (laughs) No, I'm joking.
0: (laughs) I think the chair makes you a better person,
2: Aaron. I'm sure the chair doesn't hurt, so.
0: Anyways, we, we got it. We we'll actually got a uh, email in, a great suggestion from one of our listeners. We thank you. Uh, he said he'd like to see uh, he likes the live segments we're doing, those debates we're doing. He'd like to continue in the green energy theme, maybe for us to look at two companies: Zebic Absorption, which we've talked about in the on the show in the past, and another company called green Lane Renewables. That would be two companies. Essentially, we'd give a case for. Both of those, one for Zebec and the other one for Greenlane, we'd have a judge and we'd see who best makes the argument. So we're going to do that next week. We'll set that up, set the table for that, let the uh, anticip- anticipation in the market percolate out there. So let's uh, have myself versus Aaron next week and we're going to do a flip. Of a coin, Brennan's going to do that for the companies. This makes really great podcasting. But if you can imagine at home right now, Brennan is flipping a coin. Yes. One side has Zebec on it. The other side has Green Lane. I'm going to take the company that comes up. So Brennan, drum roll.
1: Yes. So uh, in style, I have a Vancouver 2010 Olympics quarter. Just thought I'd throw uh, that out there as well. Good memories. Um, so so we're going to have uh, heads is Green Lane and tails is Zebec. So mm-hmm. so ready. I'm yeah. going, and i've got heads so that means that ryan gets green lane oh, uh, I and take aaron green will line. get zbeck absorption okay
2: excellent i can do that yeah i, can do that.
0: <sighs> I think i got the short end um, of the stick zbeck <laughs> is, a,
2: is a company that ryan and i are actually both familiar with because we've met them a couple of times at the ld Micro conference. yes
0: we've interviewed management uh, sat down the with the, the ceo, CEO. Yeah. yeah
2: sat down wrote up a, a little bit of research on them profile the company in our Aldi micro report so yeah green lane uh, is relatively new cuz we'll we'll be talking about that next week
0: yeah and we'll see who who wins that great debate so look forward to that next week
1: and maybe uh, if we keep doing this uh flipping thing too maybe I won't go uh over 4 or you know my my losing streak won't continue cuz I'll just uh you know, get flipped into the right company rather than picking the wrong one. (laughs) (laughs) Anything's possible, Brad. Anything. Uh, Anything's possible. uh, In the spirit of the,
0: maybe in the spirit of Christmas, we'll give you a win just that way. No, I think you'll flip into a company. Sometimes it's the roll of the dice and the company you get can really help your case. So let's, let's do a Your Stock, Our Take. It's time we answer a question on your stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock take: buy sell or hold i'm going to take this one sandra via email sent in it's very topical today uh what is your take on blackberry limited given the news from amazon uh the partnership well blackberry limited symbol bb on the tsx currently trading around nine dollars and fifty cents its market cap is 5.25 billion what does the company do well if we flash back 10 years ago to when Brennan was in high school, BlackBerry was the undisputed heavyweight of the smartphone market. BBM was everywhere, and anyone who was anyone had a CrackBerry. Now, if you go back to when myself and Aaron were in high school, the cup and string was just being introduced, and dinosaurs <laughs> still walked the earth. But that's a story for another day. Fast forwards to today, and the BlackBerry really boasts just about, I think, three users today. That would be the two founders and their mother. Uh, Suffice it to say, BlackBerry is a very different company today. The former undisputed heavyweight of the smartphone market has transformed itself or is trying to transform itself into a provider of business security and information integrated solutions and services. Now, what is driving the stock today? BlackBerry shares, like we said, shot up 50% in early trading this Tuesday. On news, the company will partner with Amazon's web services to jointly develop and market its vehicle data integration and monitoring platform known as Ivy. Ivy software systems can run inside a vehicle's embedded systems, but configured from the cloud, they let automakers provide drivers with features that can include indications about road conditions, driver performance, or for battery use for electric vehicles. Now, these two companies first announced a collaboration pre pandemic in January of 2020, of this year, when BlackBerry said it would collaborate with AWS on connected vehicles, safety, and security services for in vehicle applications. Now, around 175 million vehicles are already using BlackBerry and AWS's enabled QNX service, which was launched five years ago. So part of this isn't really new news, but it is good news today. BlackBerry has, has, like we said, been firmly in this business largely for over five years now. Has it translated so far into meaningful results for the business? Well, let's look at the last quarter. Revenues increased just 2% but are still that was for the three months six months of this year they're down on the year operationally the business still remains at a loss uh, the company has a good balance sheet with a solid net cash position but over the first six months of this year it is basically created zero to flat cash flow once again not adding to that cash balance or growing its cash uh, balance or producing any cash flow now our conclusion on the company, the news out today was a positive for BlackBerry, but does it justify the 50% jump in our opinion not by a long shot until one of BlackBerry's promising announcements starts to turn into meaningful cash flow and revenue gains for the business, we will continue to see the stock as more dead money and not a smart investment. If we look at the business since 2017 when it had 1.3 billion in revenue, uh, it basically has around 1 billion today so it's tracked down slightly up over the uh, from 2019 to 2020 but the trajectory overall is downward. Now the stock remains massively down over the past 10 years down over the past five years and roughly flat over the past year. why? Well, despite all the promises every year of a turnaround and flashy annual announcements, there remains declining or flat revenue like we saw over this period. Zero cash flow growth, and the stock still trades at high valuations relative to adjusted EBITDA. It's in the range of 40 right now. BlackBerry was a great Canadian success story, but the turnaround has been more talk than action so far. So we would just be on the sidelines monitoring BlackBerry at this stage.
2: Certainly, and I mean, if you look at BlackBerry um, as a business, uh, I I mean, it's amazing, first of all, that that it went up. At one point, it was up 50% today, and now it's up 18%. And we're not talking about a penny stock. I mean, it's still a $5 billion company. Yeah, adding that much market
0: cap on an announcement like this is a little much.
2: Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then losing it. And then losing
0: the markets a bunch, are a little right, manic all right within now. the
2: space of a day. That's I mean th- this is that might be a testament to what's going on in mm-hmm. the market right now. it's it is quite manic, you're right. Um, but it's also it's just, I think a testament to you know really what drove the excitement earlier in the day and I mean there wasn't I don't think that there was really much of anything fundamental to dig your your teeth into. I, I think personally, the idea of you know connectivity in the automobile that will eventually evolve into driverless cars, um, and just all the analytics that you can provide, I, there's obviously there's huge potential there Without a doubt. for somebody. Yeah. But certainly BlackBerry is not the only company that's trying to penetrate into that market and and innovate in that market. So, you know, you really have to look at track record. I mean, the, the company has had 10 years to generate some type of semblance of profitability and, and it hasn't been able to do that. So, I mean, it's obviously the history goes far back but it's it's over the past 10 years that the company has really um has, has has really been been knocked down uh, coming being once at one point a, a global tech leader and now basically being irrelevant in the technology community so my point is that until these these ideas and these strategies actually start to produce results until they sign contracts with customers that produce revenue growth and profitability how do you know that this technology is competitive relative to other companies relative to the competitors. So th- that is what is a signal to us is when their customers are actually laying down dollars, actually purchasing the technology. And that should be evident in the revenue growth and the, and the profitability, which is not for black.
0: Yeah, and like you said, there's a lot of com- competition here. Q- Q- QNX, uh in-vehicle software has been around for years now, and it has been uh, positioned as a growth driver for BlackBerry long-term, and it may turn out to be that way, but there is a lot of competition in, in the business, and we won't don't see overall growth in this business as of yet. So until you see that, I'd rather have the company turn around, show the growth in the cash flow, and then you could pick it up. It may even be a slightly higher price, but you'd get a, a confirmation that this technology is winning out and winning market share in the market. And we don't really have that yet. We have promise going forward, but we've had promise with this software in the past, and that all that's led to is certain spikes, but overall the stock has done poorly for investors that have been in it for 10 years, 5 years and, you know, at really any periods in between. So let's move on to our next company. We're going to look at our star this week from our Stars and Dogs segment. It's time for this week's star stock. at Sierra Wireless, SW on the TSX. Aaron has been tasked with that company.
2: Excellent. I can take on Sierra Wireless uh, trading at 1950 per share or it has a market value of 710 million. Sierra Wireless refers to itself as an IOT or Internet of Things service provider. Although the company actually operates through two business segments, its Internet of Things solutions and also its embedded broadband segment. Approximately 70% of revenue uh, in 2019 came from the Internet of Things segment. Sierra's stock had a strong strong run over the past week, up 32%. Looking at the recent news flow, the company reported on November 18th that it had completed the sale of its automotive embedded module product line for a price of $165 US. The company says that the divesture enables it to strengthen its focus on its IoT segment, which produces more recurring revenue. The sale also adds to Sierra's financial strength and allows it to expand its portfolio of IoT solutions and new 5G modules. Clearly Sierra is focused on growth in the very exciting IoT space and this transaction does help it pursue that strategy. The Q3 report was released on November 12th shortly before this divester announcement. Revenues including the automotive business were 180 million compared to 174 million in the same quarter last year. That's an increase of 3.6%. Now, excluding the automotive business that they just sold, revenue was 113 million, which which was a decline of 17% compared to the previous year and an increase of 1.5% compared to the last quarter, Q2 of 2020. Adjusted EBITDA for the quarter was a loss, negative 7.4 million compared to positive 3.5 million last year. And net loss from continuing operations was negative 12 million or 33 cents per share compared to 3 million, a loss of 3 million or 1 cent per share in the same quarter last year. The balance sheet does look pretty good. Uh, as as of the end of Q3, there was about 60 million in cash and about 50 million in debt but the sale of the automotive business will will increase the cash balance. IOT is certainly an exciting theme and it's a theme that we've covered many times in our DIY investing seminars. However, one point that we really want to drive home when we're discussing these exciting technology themes is that you don't want to compromise your fundamental investing principles just to get involved in them. That's a recipe for disaster. I'm not saying that that's the case for Sierra. It does at least have some revenues Um, although revenues did decline um, 17% year over year on a continuing basis. Now, there may be a solid opportunity for Sierra now that there's a major inflow of cash from the sale. Uh, That said, the current financial performance and the condition of the company would not warrant a recommendation from Keystone right now. Sierra lacks both profitability and revenue growth. To us, this means that the company's strategy is still unproven. We would consider Sierra to be high risk uh, and we do think that there are better opportunities to invest in that will also provide you with exciting access to themes like uh, Internet of Things, artificial intelligence and machine learning. So we would pass on Sierra right now, although we will keep an eye on the company and monitor it and just see what they're going to do with that inflow of cash.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great like theme and a key point to take out of there is not compromising your core investment strategy. Uh, just because you want to be involved in a sector and you know sierra is involved with a sector that we like over the long term but they don't match our profitability there's not the growth there right now they have a good balance sheet they are a company that is On our monitor list, if we can see them turning into profitability or they produce significant profitability and traded a reasonable valuation, it may be a company we'd want to look at. We don't want to compromise those principles just to be involved in a sector. There's always another company that we can look at that is profitable in that segment to be involved with. And if there isn't a company, you still should not compromise your principles that you use within to identify a stock just to be involved within a sector. It typically turns out to be not a good strategy, and it can turn out to be disastrous. Speaking of disastrous, let's look <laughs> at our next company. That's that's how we do a segue in the business here, <laughs> yeah. I believe. Our weekly dog. From our stars and dog segment, it's time for this week's dog. Uh, Sona Nanotech, Inc. This is a company we talked about, symbol S-O-N-A on the CSE. Uh, we've talked about at least once this year. Brennan's going to talk about it. Then we'll have a uh, a discussion following his uh, presentation on the weekly dog.
1: Yes, so Sona Nanotech, uh, S-O-N-A on the CSE, currently trading at a price of around $1.10 and has a market cap of $67 million. So Sona Nanotech Inc. is in the life sciences industry with the primary objective to develop and produce its own lateral flow rapid COVID-19 anti-gen tests utilizing Sona's gold nanotechnology, which is supposed to increase performance and reduce the time to market. Now, as Ryan said, we actually covered Sona on the podcast as a star back in April when the stock made its ascent from 20 cents to over $2. And at that time, we highlighted Sona as something that was very risky, that had no proof of concept and probably something to avoid. And we came to this conclusion as the company had no sales, was trading with a market cap of over $100 million, and there was no indication to us as to whether the test would gain approval and be sold to the market. But of course, following our analysis, the stock continued to perform very well, running all the way to $15, fueled by speculation that these tests would be revolutionary to the market and were on the cusp of mass distribution. But now, five months since the stock erupted to what we believe to be unjustifiable heights, it is now down over 92% from its highs and down 62% this week alone. Now, why did the stock plummet from its highs? Well, first off, the speculation and hype started to fade as Sona waited to receive its test results, all while Canada and the rest of the world utilized proven test kits for COVID-19. But the biggest blow to the stock took place on October 29th when the FDA deprioritized the company's request for an emergency use authorization for the marketing of its COVID-19 tests in the U.S. stating that the public did not need the product. And then the second blow took place on November 25th when Sona actually withdrew its application for an interim order authorization from Health Canada for the marketing of its rapid COVID-19 antigen test in order to obtain more clinical data to augment its submission. So by getting declined by the FDA in the U.S. and withdrawing its application to obtain more clinical data with Health Canada... The market understood that nine months into the pandemic and Sona's COVID-19 test kits had a little chance of entering the marketplace anytime soon. So just quickly looking at the financial results here for Q3 of 2020, the company still doesn't have any revenue. Uh, they've lost $1.7 million in the last quarter and they have net debt of 390000 So not very pretty and we would expect some more dilution in the future to keep the lights on. So now to conclude, uh, the stock did have both an impressive run up and ultimate downfall in a very short period of time. But I believe the key takeaway here is that although Sona excelled in the short run from speculation, it was essentially impossible to gauge a value on the stock as it had no earnings or even sales. So it was impossible to assess whether we were receiving a decent price at $2 or it was becoming overvalued at 15 There was just really nothing to rely on and to indicate to investors a time to buy or a time to sell now you may hit one or two of these stocks in your life and get out at the right time and make some big money but if you add 10 to 15 stocks with this type of profile to your portfolio you're most likely going to lose in the long run and it's just not an investment strategy in our opinion
2: yeah it's, i mean it's absolutely a good point. and it's yeah I'll, I'll let you make your point right no you can do I'll it no, i'll let you. Certainly. I was just going to say that really uh, Sona is, is the perfect example of a company that is just completely driven by hype and an example of a company that um, an example of a company that you want to avoid. Right. And that's, that's when, when you see something shoot up so quickly that doesn't even produce any revenue, it's not that Sona could not possibly have been successful. It's that the likelihood is so low when you have a company that is that unproven. If you haven't even produced a dime of revenue yet, you haven't haven't validated a product. Nobody's actually bought it. Um, And if you want to speculate, if you want to gamble, then you can throw money at companies that aren't producing revenue and profitability, but that's not the same as investing. And it's really important that investors distinguish between speculation and real investing. When you're speculating, You're essentially gambling and whatever you're gambling with, you're eventually more more likely to lose um, than not. So you have to set the amount of money that you put into any type of high-risk speculations with that in mind.
0: Yeah, and Brennan, that's such a great point. If you have the profile of the 15 to 25 stocks that you're going to own in your portfolio, if they are profitable, growing businesses, good balance sheets, and trade at reasonable prices. If that is the profile of the 15 to 25 stocks you have in your portfolio versus a portfolio with a company with no earnings, no cash flow, a promise of something in the future that may give them some value, uh, and that's all they have, if you have 15 to 25 stocks in your portfolio that have that profile versus the 15 to 25 that have that good, solid, fundamental profile... I will take the solid fundamental profile every day of the week, 100 times out of 100 versus the other profile, you're not going to do well over time. You have a chance to do very well over time if you take the profile with these solid businesses. And I'll give you an example. Like in Berenin talked, as a stock goes up, how do you know what to even do with that business? I'm sure there are some people that own Sona at $2 and it went to $5 and they thought, oh my God, you know, I'll keep holding it. And it went to, and they bought more at $10 because this stock's going to the moon. And now they're holding it at a dollar and they've lost a significant amount of money. We've seen that with sophisticated and very unsophisticated investors over the past 20 years, many times. Juxtapose that to a company like Expel. We recommended three years ago at $1.42. Why? Because it had good solid fundamentals, great growth in revenues, good profitability. Well, it doubled to the $3 range within uh, five, six months. We reiterated our buy on that because the company was actually cheaper on an earnings basis because of the fact they had more than doubled their earnings in the quarter. Uh, They were cheaper on an earnings basis at $3 than they were at $1.50. So we're very confident in owning that business. Now, what did they do? What have they done over the last three years? They've taken revenues from $67 million up to about $150 million trailing. The stock has gone from a $1.42 to $39 today and driven by the underlying fundamentals of the business. So you get the absolute blue sky potential that everybody had hoped with with Sona, for example, but it's able to support that price over the long term because it's driven by underlying cash flow growth in the business. Expel is the profile of the company we wanna hold. If you could hold you know, 15 to 25 of those in your portfolio, you're not gonna get those returns in every one of those companies. But if they have that solid portfolio, that's what you want in your portfolio versus the speculation that you get in a company that's just not a proof of concept company or a spec company. So this is what we try to teach at our seminars. This is what we try to tell our clients to do over time. A c- company can appear very sexy, uh, That's you know got a COVID test in a pandemic, very sexy, but ultimately five months later, the stock's cut in half. And if you would have held that period, you would have lost half of your money. It's, and there's more people that invested at 10 and $15 that have lost far more than half their money.
1: Yeah, exactly. And j- just just to build off your, your point too, Ryan, you know, like I always think as a retail investor, you still have to think of yourself as maybe like a, you know, an investor off of Dragon's Den or even Shark Tank, where um, when a company comes in and makes a pitch to the Sharks or the Dragons and has no revenue, you see all of them kind of, uh, you know, they, they don't get too excited about it because they understand, you know, you're betting on red or black. It's, it's just not... Um, you know investment essentially it's it's a lot of speculation so you know that was just my last point I wanted to, to throw in there uh, even yeah, retail and it investors brings it down should be to buying-
0: something that people see all the time you get excited when you see cash flow you get excited when you see earnings if you were going out to buy a business tomorrow you had $100,000 or $50,000 uh, if it had made absolutely no money you'd be looking at like uh, why would I own this business it's just like with a stock why would you own a business over the long term that made absolutely no money, no revenues, no earnings, and had a high valuation. It's not a recipe to succeed over the long term. And we harp on this over the every show we're on really, but it makes a difference to your portfolio over the long term. And that's why we talk about it because it's very important to your financial future and your wealth creation over the long term. That's what we try to do for our clients. That's what we try to talk about on our podcast every week. And I hope it helps everybody out there. Now, I think that's going to end for our show this week. I'm going to encourage you to keep your questions coming in. we got a great suggestion this week. Questions for your stock, our take. Case for and case against. And we'll keep answering those questions. I'd like to wish everybody stay safe out there and uh, wish you all profitable investing. Thank you.
2: Profitable investing. Thanks, everyone.